All right, good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. So here we are. Today is Wednesday. It's December the 22nd of 2021. Kelly's made it back into the room. The band is back together. So we'll see how this goes. She's been working in the uh, the radio station attic for the last couple of days. Yeah, and it's haunted. Yeah, it's kind of creepy up there. Mm-hmm. There's the ghosts of the former radio personalities past that live up there. That's what I kept hearing. There's a bunch of stories up there, man. Mm. In this building, if these walls could talk. Really? Oh, my gosh. The drama. <laughs> Coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Oh, no, no. <laughs> We're not going to implicate anything as we go throughout this one today. Uh, today, Wednesday, December 22nd, is National uh, Cookie Exchange Day. Oh, well, I brought a cookie to exchange. You did? No. No. But that'd be fun. One cookie. Yeah. Hey, we did have uh, one of our coworkers, Kate, who makes the world's best cinnamon rolls, and she brought those to the station. And it was funny because we get them one time a year, right? Uh, and when I got home, Kai saw me carrying the, the thing because it's all decorative and stuff like yes. that. He said, Dad. Are those Kate's cinnamon rolls? He knew. He was so fired up. So he decided he wanted one right before bed. So like any good oh. dad, I got him one and got myself one. Okay. Can I ask you a question? How many did you eat? Total? Mm-hmm. Two. That's all. Okay. I was pacing myself. Okay. But it was my post-workout uh, <laughs> sugar <laughs> rush. Uh, also today, this is a good one. It's National Short Person's Day. Oh. So yeah, we'll celebrate all day. of us who are vertically challenged. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not as tall. Maybe you see me on social media and you think, man, he looks really tall. I think a lot of times people do think that you're extremely tall. Extremely tall. (laughs) I used to play basketball. You sound really tall. No, it's funny, though, when people talk about, like, I didn't expect you to look like this. I'm like, well, what did you expect me to look like? I almost want to take one of our dry erase boards and be like, here, draw me a picture of what you thought I was going to look like. I don't know if that would make your, I don't think that would hurt your feelings. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, we have one of our friends, uh, Jason Olson. He said that his one of his, I guess it was his son, who's like, I thought you'd have really long hair. Really? Yeah. yeah and and Olson's huh. going, uh, yeah, he used to have really long hair, but Maybe I don't that's know. That's what it is. Yeah. So, it, and it's really kids because a lot of adults have seen us by this point, but like kids who hear us on the radio but don't have any idea. Like, hey, draw what you think they're going to look like. That might be a fun, a fun deal to do. And then when you meet them in person and then they hear you talk, they, they look at you like, oh, okay, I know who that is. But they'll sit there and look at you like, wow, okay. Yeah. Like, like we shouldn't be a real human. Because when we were kids, <laughs> we wouldn't see radio people quite as much personalities right. on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. So when you would see them, you'd be like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that. It's kind of like if they do some special on, uh, hey, this is the the voice guy from the movies, right? And you're like, oh, I can't believe he looks like that. Yeah. Like, I get it. If you've never seen us, mm-hmm. you don't know what we look like. But thankfully, because of social media, you can see us for better or worse. Uh, yeah. Not really sure. There's some worse every once in a while. Not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to follow us on social media on Instagram. Uh, I'm there, Brandon Baxter, in the morning on Instagram. You can find me, Kelly Perry, on the radio. And on Facebook, we're there as well. That's Facebook.com slash Brandon Baxter in the morning. And for me, just search Kelly Brooke Perry. Easy like that. Let's throw one back on this day in country music with Brandon Baxter in the morning. So the year was 1994, and Joe Diffie had the number one song in country music on this day. She flagged me down and climbed up in the cab and said, I never knew you were a pickup man. You can set my truck on fire and roll it down a hill, and I still wouldn't trade it for a coup deal. I got an eight-foot bed that never has to be made. You know, if it weren't for trucks, we wouldn't have tailgates. I met all my wives in traffic jams who just 
screaming like about a pickup man. It was 27 years ago today that Joe Diffie had the number one song in country music. Most Friday nights I can be found in the bed of my truck on an old chase lounge. Backed into my spot at the driving show. You know a cargo light gives off a romantic glow. I never have to wait in line at the popcorn stand. Cause there's something women like I'm about, about a pickup pick man. You can set my truck on fire and roll it down a hill. And I still wouldn't trade it for a cook and bill. I got an eight-foot bed that never has to be made. You know, if it weren't for trucks, it wouldn't have tailgates. I met all my wives in traffic jams. You're just something women like about a pickup man. A little Joe Diffie for you. Memories of 1994. I was a junior in high school. I was a cool kid in 94. All the ladies loved me. Oh. Yeah, okay. Maybe not. A lucky new rust or a brand new machine. Once around the block and you'll know what I mean. You can set my truck on fire. And roll it down a hill And I still wouldn't trade it for a Coontayville I got an eight-foot bed that never has to be made You know, if it weren't for trucks, we wouldn't have tailgates I met all my wives in traffic jams are just something women like about a pickup man Yeah, there's something women like about a pickup man All right Give me a yeehaw, Kelly That's a good one. That is a good one. It's Joe Diffie and Pickup Man. Number one on this day in 1994. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, here it is, Wednesday morning, December 22nd. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas! Brandon Baxter in the mornings, gotcha gossip. All right, gotcha gossip today on Ryan Reynolds, you know, Deadpool himself, who um, is frequently mistaken for one of his buddies, one of his Hollywood buddies. So Ryan Reynolds says there's a local pizzeria where he lives, and he goes in there on a regular basis, and people think he's Ben Affleck. <laughs> I guess it's the workers, the owners, they believe he's been Affleck and they have it all confused. And he says he's been going in there for years and he's never felt like he should tell them. And now it's gone on so long that he just pretends he's been Affleck. Oh, no. So he says sometimes people will say things like, hey, how's J-Lo? And he'll have to say, oh, she's doing great. <laughs> then he gets his pizza and he leaves. He says sometimes he's also confused for another Ryan, Ryan Gosling mm-hmm. from The Notebook. So kind of a funny story out today. On Ryan Reynolds. Gotcha gossip today on Mariah Carey. Ew. Oh my goodness. Here it is again. It's everywhere. Yeah. As well sing along. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. And I don't care about the present. I need the Christmas tree. I don't need to end my stocking. So Mariah Carey shared a really cute post of her family on Instagram. And in the clip, she saunters in like the pop diva she is. And remember, she's at her house. I don't know a lot of people that dress like this to to put 
stories on Instagram, but she's at her house. There's this huge Christmas tree in the background, and she's in this really long-fitted red dress. Her hair looks awesome, and she belts out the first few notes of her Christmas song, All I Want for Christmas is You. Now, it pans over, and you see her 10-year-old twins, Moroccan and Monroe, and they're with their two dogs that look like Jack Russell Terriers, and they're dressed in doggy Christmas sweaters. And this time when Mariah starts, all the family joins in, including the dogs. Here's what it sounds like. So she even has the dog singing her song, but it's really cute. It's very Mariah. If you want to check it out, just search Mariah Carey on Instagram. All right. Gotcha gossip today on Cobra Kai. So get ready. Cobra Kai returns for season four on December 31st. So people are waiting for that. Mm -hmm. This is the season where... It looks like Johnny Lawrence and uh, Daniel LaRusso have a common enemy and they have to join forces. But William Zabka is who plays Johnny Lawrence. And he says that even at the peak of Karate Kid when he was younger, he wasn't really a ladies man. He describes himself as just a normal guy and not a, quote, player. Hmm. He says, and I quote, I was always the guy who had a girlfriend. I was not the player. I had long term relationships. He did say that uh, he did. Uh, he went on and got married to his wife, Stacy in 2008. They shared two kids. But he talked about how weird it was when he'd go places and everybody was kind of freaking out. And people just assumed, you know, he was a, a player. Right. And he'd dabble. But he always had a girlfriend and never would, hmm. which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. He says it's also kind of weird now when he goes to a Comic-Con and he'll see like a mom bring up, you know, her kids. And the mom is the one saying, I had your poster on my wall right. when I was a kid. So <laughs> kind of a funny story. And again, uh, Cobra Kai season four comes out on December the 31st on Netflix. And of course, every morning here on Brandon Baxter in the morning, we got you gossip. Brandon Baxter in the morning. If you're looking for like a feel good thing today, I want to point you toward uh, Twitter. All you have to do when you get there is search for Dogs Trust Ireland, which is a place where you can go and adopt dogs. Um, the video is really, really sweet. They use the hashtag Santa Paws Day, right? Like Santa Paws. Uh, and basically, these are um, shelter dogs who are given the opportunity to go into a room and choose their own toy. Oh. <gasps> So imagine, you know, the shelter dog is held back behind a door and they have 20, 30, 40 toys laid out in a line and the dog gets to run in and choose which toy it Mm -hmm. wants. It picks up the toy that it wants and then rolls around with it and plays with it. I mean, it's one of those things that it sounds really silly, but if you're looking for something that's kind of like a, a feel good today, it's up. So right now the first dog runs in, there's 30, 40 toys laying out. (laughs) He picks up one, runs off and is the happiest thing ever. Goodness! Little booty wagon, or his tail's wagging, his oh, little booty shaking. They're, they're going from each one, and they're smelling them, and then they're they're like biting it and kind of seeing what they think, and then they're going to the next one. Oh, oh my! He can't choose. Isn't it adorable? <sighs> so something that simple. These poor dogs who just wanted one toy, mm. you know, and they're so excited to go in there again. Uh, you can go and watch this Dog Trust Ireland on uh, Twitter. I'll also share it on mine. That way, it's easier to find. <clears throat> my Twitter account is Brandon. On BBITM. I'll put it up here in just a sec. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, here it is, Wednesday, December 22nd. We are finally uh, reunited in the studio after all the chaos of my wife testing positive for COVID and me having to be tested. Oh my goodness. It's been um, almost a week, I guess, Leslie went in. She started feeling bad one week ago today. And um, 
You know, she went in the first test she took was negative. She knew she felt even worse on Thursday, and she tested positive that day. And and it then it, it's so hard to uh, feel so bad, and then you test negative. You're like, yeah. what? Right. And then I'm like, maybe you just want to feel sick, right? Or maybe it's just the flu. That's why we sent her the second day. And I, I told Dr. Spites, I'm like, I'm pretty sure she's going to test positive for the flu. And then all of a sudden she goes in and tests positive for COVID. And, and man, when that happens, when you get that and you know, you're, you're living in the same home and you have a kid and all of a sudden, boom, your world flips like that. Right. Um, and that's what we realized so fast. Like from Thursday, whenever we got her tested, I think it's around one, two o'clock, something like that. Um, until today, basically, she got home and she was isolated immediately. Yeah, and it's been me and Kai roughing it. Um, so Kelly has for the last number of days, I guess since since uh, we knew Leslie tested positive, uh, we've had to work separately just to err on the side of extreme caution mm-hmm. and you know trying to make sure that nobody else were to to get COVID because obviously I'm a super close contact yep. to her uh, and I tested negative, which is we'll talk to Doctor Spites about that in a few minutes, but. You had the anxiety of, uh, you know, number one, having to work upstairs uh, in what almost is like the attic of the radio station, acting like a little satellite studio. But like we didn't, we thought you were fine, but you had to go get tested. Yeah, and and lately my luck hasn't hasn't been the best, uh, and so I was sitting in my car and I was thinking I wasn't really nervous about the actual test because I've had it happen before, and um, the lady, the nurse that did it was awesome, um, but I was nervous about actually testing positive because I felt really good, and um, I felt really good. I'm like, man, it feels weird to be here testing for something that I feel good about. Uh, but of course, you can be asymptomatic. And yeah. I was like, watch this. It's going to be me. Of course, you test negative, right? Right. What's going to happen is Kelly feels great. She doesn't have it, but they were going to test me and it was going to be positive and I was going to be asymptomatic. I knew it. Like, I was preparing myself in the car, like, Kelly, just breathe. Just, you can handle this, right? Yeah, you can handle being quarantined all alone for, over Christmas. Yeah, for 10 days, not seeing my son, family, all that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I just sat there and I was like, okay. And then she was like, she she came and did it and she was great. I mean, I didn't, it, it was the whole lean back uh, swab thing and uh, it didn't tickle, but it didn't feel uh, bad. Um, so there's that. And then I also did the rapid test too. So yeah. it was a little bit less intrusive, but I mean, that didn't, you know, there's that. But I waited and waited and just a few minutes, I did get the call that I was negative. Yeah. So we're able to do the show back together in the room, which is, it's so much easier to be in the same place than to try to do like a, a satellite thing mm-hmm. with what we do, you know, because it's so much based on interaction and reaction and time and stuff like that. Uh, but it was great. Um, it's great to have you back. And then the idea that the testing, which again, if you haven't been tested and you're scared of it, I get it because when I first saw our friend, uh, Leslie Cobble, I think is the first friend that <laughs> we knew they got it done. Uh, and it looks so bad when they're going to swab. And I said this on the air yesterday, I think. It looks worse than it feels. Yeah. It really does. I mean, think about how high you stick your finger up your nose. That doesn't hurt. When I've seen you do that, it's pretty It's pretty impressive. Two knuckles deep. Uh, oh, Brandon. So maybe that's why I'm used disgusting. to it. Disgusting. <laughs> anyway, don't be afraid of the test. It looks intimidating. It looks like it's bad. And yeah, it's going to feel different for a second, but it's not nearly as bad as yeah. you thought. And it's much more... Uh, much better now to make sure you're negative and not spreading it because just again, COVID is blowing up. And my, my nurse was awesome. She was like, listen, you can hold on to your steering wheel. You can cry, scream, curse. Like she was just kind of like pepping me up. And then I was like, oh, good job. Like I wanted to yeah. tell her a good job. You know, she kept you calm. Yeah, she did. 
Yeah, my girl said something similar. You can yell, you can scream, you can cuss. I said, I'll probably cuss. <laughs> cuss. I like cussing. Oh, my goodness. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. So they say criminals always return to the scene of the crime. And, well, this guy in this story proves that correct. 33-year-old Samuel Brown was arrested after he tried to rob the same Fountain Valley Chase Bank in San Diego two days in a row. Oh. Samuel took off with a large amount of cash before he slipped a stick-up note to a teller at the New Hope Street Chase uh, around 3 p.m. one day. But apparently that wasn't enough, and he came back to the bank the next morning and tried to rob it again. Mm. So police arrived and he was arrested. Samuel had an outstanding arrest warrant and a long rap sheet that included previous robbery convictions. Wow. He's being held on a $170,000 bail and facing multiple robbery charges. But speaking of bank robbers, it reminds me of your mama. Do no, 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 no. Not one of those. Yo mama is uh-uh. so stupid. Uh-uh. When a robber stole her TV, she ran after him saying, you forgot the remote. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Yo mama jokes. And there's even more proof that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right. So Wednesday, December 22nd, this is a day that could live in infamy. what (laughs) what uh this is actually national short person's day Hmm. so if you are maybe not the tallest guy around you know it's okay um i understand that are you just talking to guys because some of us women are short yeah Yeah. i don't i think you're about average wouldn't you say you're average five five yeah i guess so probably average yeah maybe you think i'm average um, and it's fine if you tell me I'm not. Well, you think I, I'm a little below average. I know a lot of random facts. Yes. Um, I would say you're below average, but I think that the average height is five nine for a man. Will you, will you look it up? Okay. In the United States, don't look oh, in a different country oh, because it might US be different. Average height. But I wonder. Male. It, yes. Yes. Do that for me. Let's see mm. if I'm if I'm called short according to science. Well. According to science, yes. or the CDC, yes. the average age adjusted height for American men, 20 years of age and up, yes. is about 5'9". Five 5'9". Nine. Five nine. Yeah. So I'm pretty much average. Yeah. I'm not above average. No, no, you're not. But not too far below yeah. average. I'm just kind of average. Average, yeah. Because everybody <laughs> wants to be... <laughs> uh, talk. What are you giggling about? I don't know. It's just the way you're saying it. It's funny. <laughs> I don't want to be no short man. Yeah, I get it. But like sometimes you guys act like I am. You guys? No, y'all no. do. Y'all do. Y'all, you see me standing why, next to somebody tall. No, this is this is why we make fun of him. We don't look at you as being short. We look. We make fun of you whenever me or your wife are wearing heels or whatever, and That's you get dumb. mad. It's dumb. You get mad because I have on some cute wedge tennis shoes. I don't care what they look like. And you want me to take them off in pictures because yes. I might look taller. Exactly. Did you know I've actually gone in and cut no. uh, like two inches of every one of my wife's heels <laughs> off just to try to... She hasn't even noticed yet. Just to, try to, <laughs> just to try to get her a little bit shorter. Now, see, here's the deal. As a kid, and, and this is a true story... Uh, and I'm not sure exactly what kind of a doctor my mom took me to. <laughs> oh. 
But I was below average, mm-hmm. and my mom took me to a doctor to see if there was something wrong to figure out why I wasn't growing fast enough. She had to see what percentile you were in. You were in a very low percentile. That's what it is, isn't it? I'm but, pretty sure she said the zero percentile. But, but what is it? Like when you take your kid to that, like what do they say? Like if you're below it, what do they do? They can't stretch you? No, they can give you uh, hormones at some point. I guess. Oh, really? Yeah. Could I still get those? Sure. Want to grow a little more? Maybe get some facial hair out of All this All of deal? a sudden, you grow about two inches as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Wouldn't you like an extra? Okay. I don't know. What? Okay. I'd like to be a little bit taller. Uh-huh. Brandon Baxter in the morning. But Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today. It is Wednesday, December 22nd of 2021. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Mandy Scott of Walnut Ridge, who celebrates Ricky Smith of El Dorado. Happy birthday. Autumn Hayes in Dardanelle. We have Alex Camp of Jonesboro. Tim Bowman celebrating a birthday. Allison McLean of Wynn. Jeannie Davidson. And Little Rock is celebrating a birthday. Kim Frierson of Jonesboro. Terry Kane, also from Jonesboro. We have Jessica Lace Burkett of Wynn and Diane Roush of Jonesboro celebrating too. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy Happy birthday birthday to all y'all. And you celebrate with these celebrities. G. Hanalias is 23. That's Avery on Disney's Dog with a Blog, also on American Scandal and on Netflix. Happy birthday to DaBaby. Oh, my goodness. Who is 30. I know you want to celebrate this for uh, your son. Uh, He loved this song. Brand new Lamborghini. Cop pistol on my hip like I'm a cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never met a real rock star. This ain't no guitar, but this a clock. Yeah, only country show playing the baby this morning, <laughs> tell you that for sure. The baby is 30. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Jordan Sparks, who is 32. Let's see if you remember this. That's Jordan Sparks. She did this one too. But I think her biggest hit was that collaboration that she did with Chris Brown. Happy birthday to Jordan Sparks, who celebrates today. To the woman I've modeled my career after, Diane Sawyer. Is 76 from Good Morning America. About that, yeah, man. So similar. <laughs> and happy birthday today to Megan Trainer, who is 28. Happy birthday. I know you lie, Megan Trainer, of course, she did this one too. Because you know I'm all about that bass. 
about that bass, no treble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no treble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no treble. I'm all about that Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Megan Trainer, who turns 28 today. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, here it is, Wednesday morning, December 22nd, and y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas! This is Country Music News on Brandon Baxter in the Morning. We have Country Music News today on Walker Hayes. Hey, hey, hey! Yeah, we fancy like Applebee's on a date night. Got that Bourbon Street stay with the Oreo shake and some whipped cream on the top too. So if it feels like you've seen Walker Hayes everywhere lately, it's because he has been everywhere. Walker was announced uh, as, or he was honored as a CMT Artist of the Year. He was also he also performed in the finale of The Voice, and he's going to help ring in 2022. He's going to perform on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest. So um, he's going to be live, and I'm guessing, uh, according to this past year, he's probably going to do Fancy Like. You think? If if you haven't heard it enough, (laughs) you're going to get to hear it again. Also. Performing in LA, there's going to be joint performances by Avril Lavigne and Travis Barker, Macklemore, Ryan Lewis, and Winsett. But uh, it says the LA portion is going to be hosted by Sierra, um, and uh, I think that's going to be pretty good to watch. That's awesome. Yeah. Sierra from KJMB is that who's going to be hosting that? Uh, I actually think it's uh, the girl that sings goodies, but uh, oh, I, I think Sierra would be great. My that. bad. I thought yeah. there was Sierra Wagner. Okay, maybe not. All right, so we have country music news today on Blake Shelton. So Blake Shelton has made a performance for Christmas with Gwen Stefani, his wife. Uh, Gwen's posted this deal with the hashtag live from the Orange Grove. It's a concert deal that she was doing. And uh, she and Blake do the Christmas song. You make it feel like Christmas. Here's what it sounds like. cute video you can go watch it it's up on gwen stefani's uh, instagram if you want to go check it out right we have country music news today on country music sweethearts faith hill and tim mcgraw i don't know what it is about that little gal's loving but i like it i love it i want some more of it So, guys, as the Yellowstone universe expands, so does its audience. Now, for some reason, you think I'm referring to the actual park in Montana. I'm not. I'm talking about the drama, the show starring Kevin Costner. So, since the premiere of season four of Yellowstone last month, viewership has soared to 14.7 million viewers, which is impressive in today's TV world with so much out there to watch. No, that's a huge rating. Right. Huge number. But the new show, 1883, which is the modern Western prequel 
prequel to Yellowstone had the biggest new series premiere on cable since 2015. So 1883, if you didn't know, it's the show that follows the Dutton family as they head west to find a better future in Montana. It stars Tim McGraw and Faith Hill as James and Margaret Dutton. It also stars Sam Elliott and Billy Bob Thornton. The show drew 4.9 million viewers on Paramount Network. Oh, wow. Yep. So it also broke ground as Paramount Plus most watched original series premiere ever following its debut. Um, So anyway, get to watching Yellowstone in 1883. Good shows. Yeah. I started watching that and uh, I like it. Yeah. You've got to get past that first. Yeah. A little bit of some skin and stuff. Yeah. Mm. All right. Okay. How old am I again? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't watch that. No, I'm not. Number one. Uh, Number two, is it weird for me to say I can't watch it because of language and nudity? (laughs) Oh, I'm four or 44. I'm not sure. Faith Hill. And take it. Take another little piece of my heart now, baby. Faith Hill and Tim McGraw on 1883. That's your country music news on Arkansas's Morning Show. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the Morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. All right, we're joined this morning (laughs) by the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. Dr. Shane Spites, who is probably, if I look at uh, most recent uh, connections over the course of the last week between me and someone else, it's Shane Spites. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Doc, hey. I am so sorry and would like to take this time to publicly apologize for my co-host and his uh, um, high needs. Oh, it's, it, it's quite all right. It's quite all right. Lots of questions. I understand that. Lots of questions. and. What about this? What about that? And so I'm happy to help. So it was one, we'll kind of recap for uh, those who haven't heard the whole story yet. Uh, one week ago, my wife started not feeling real well. <clears throat> also, we had a coworker who went out with the flu, right? So I thought for sure she had the flu. <clears throat> We've been pretty careful with COVID. Uh, she's vaccinated, double, you know, the double dose, all the different stuff. So on Thursday, Shane sets us up. We're going to go to the NYIT clinic, which is right there by uh, the stadium and uh, we pull up there and my wife I'm sure is going to test for the flu and man <laughs> I'd walked in to pick up some uh, barbecue and I got the text from her that said I'm positive and I said positive for the flu question mark and she said no COVID and Shane all of a sudden when COVID's in your house your entire world flips just like that no it really does and I, I think one of the important pieces and this is what and we're seeing this by the way across you know the state and across the country First of all, you can't just tell clinically based on the symptoms right now if you have the flu or if you have COVID. Mm. Because we've seen, you know, that's not back, you know, a year or so ago, you could say, oh, wow, you lost the sense of taste or smell. And like it was obvious you had COVID. Right now, and we've got number one, two strains. You've got Delta, you've got Omicron, and we've got influenza type A circulating Mm. in our community. So when you go to get tested at a clinic, you should be getting tested for both the flu and for COVID Mm -hmm. because you just can't tell. Yeah. So we got the news and of course, uh, Leslie freaks out because I'm vaccinated and, um, 
Shane, we can talk through this, and I'm I'm fine with admitting it. <laughs> you know, we've we've all heard different things, and we talk to Shane all the time, right? We mm-hmm. talk to him every single week for almost the last two years about COVID. Um, but I'm a parent, and as a parent, we're you know protective and. We were thinking, I oh, will wait on Kai just for a minute because we thought COVID numbers were going down. So as soon as he was able uh, to get the vaccine, numbers were coming down. We felt a little bit better about it. Um, and uh, so then we had an unvaccinated child in the house when we knew COVID was circulating. And Shane told me specifically, he said, there is a pretty strong chance that you're going to get it if you're in the same house. I tested negative two days ago. How in the world is that possible? So... It's a high likelihood, though it's not a guarantee. And so yours is a good example of that. And so it depends on the precautions that you take within the household. First of all, most people don't know. Uh, so once somebody gets sick with COVID, they enter into the house. They've had some symptoms. I think, oh, it's just a cold. Mm-hmm. They're spreading it amongst the house. They're not taking precautions in terms of using separate bathrooms. They're not washing their hands. They're not wearing masks. They're not separating themselves you know, at the dinner table. Those kinds of things that really reduce the risk of, a, of getting it from a household contact. Right. Still, hands down, the studies show that if you get COVID, it's most likely from a household contact. Somebody brings it into your household and spreads it throughout the house. That's most likely my most likely place to get it for sure. I mean, obviously, there's risks in large gatherings like I don't know concerts, <laughs> things like that, where you know it could spread freely. <laughs> and, and see, he knows me well enough. I had to have this admission, and I'll, I'll go ahead and admit to it. Uh, I was on the phone with him and we were talking through after we knew Leslie was positive and he was telling me how to basically try to keep us as safe as we possibly could. I uh, just left Walmart because I had to buy a TV for the guest room because that's where Leslie's been living for the last week. Uh, and I said, hey, I'm in the parking lot. Let's talk through this. Walk me through what I need to do. And I said, Shane, you're going to want to kick me um, somewhere because uh-huh. I did an event the other day and he went, oh, and I said, and I went to a concert the other day. <laughs> That was sold out. Yeah, yeah, and I could just tell in your voice, you're like, oh my gosh. And this is, this is, if we're going to be really real, I know the risks. We talk about it. I think I'm more educated than a lot of people on this topic because of all of our discussions. And I still let my guard down too because of the fatigue. And, and look, it's spot. Here's the deal. It's, it, but yeah, you're right. I, I can't believe you did that. But anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's, Oh. Oh. You're killing me, Brandon. You are killing me. <laughs> Here's what um, not to do. Yeah, I'm the poster but, boy. Exactly. But but anyway, I mean, but it's just, and I have, I hate it. I feel like I'm a broken record. It is those those settings where you have large gatherings, large people, and you know, it's not that people mean to spread it, but they do. Somebody's sick. Oh, it's just a little cold, um, and you spread it to somebody else, and all of a sudden now you've got these superseding events where people get sick from you know from close contact. But it's not that your life has to stop because of COVID. Right. Um, I mean, I'll be fully honest with you. I'm talking to you on the phone right now from the beach. Are you really? Man. I'm really. I'm, 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 I'm down. But here's the deal. <clears throat> I didn't get we the invite. We drove down here. Do what? I didn't get the invite. You were scared you had COVID. Are you kidding me? There's no, oh, there's no telling what you would have brought along. This <laughs> <sex supply. laughs> oh. I don't know if I could have Cloroxed enough for that. But anyway, we'll talk after the panel. Oh, man. The point behind that is, the point behind that is, you know, it's a, it's a house, it's secluded, it's, you know, just me and my immediate family, we're outside. So it's not that life stops during the middle of COVID. It's just you've got to be smart about the decisions you make uh, to reduce your risk. Now, you've already mentioned this before, and I think it helps that your wife was vaccinated. For sure, it helps yeah. that she was fully vaccinated. We know that fully vaccinated individuals shed the virus 
for a smaller amount of time. Right. Someone that's unvaccinated, <clears throat> based on the Delta variant data, they're going to spread it for anywhere from 10, 15, up to 20 days mm. they can spread it. A fully vaccinated person, maybe five days or so, that's the average. And so once they get past that shedding period, the people around them, those household contacts, the, the uh, rate of uh, possibly infecting them is much, much lower. Okay, walk me through this. And again, this is just for people who kind of go through it. I know I'm going to make it specific about me, but you guys can kind of relate it to your family as well. Uh, Leslie tested positive on December. What was it to be the golly? Hang on. I'm bad with math. It was last Thursday. So we're going to say that was the mm-hmm. 16th. Okay. If she tests positive on the 16th, uh, when does that mean she's able to no longer be under quarantine? Because we're right here at the Christmas window. So typically it's about 10 days. Now, in all honesty, <clears throat> obviously the date she tested is not the date she was infected or the date that she was actually shedding, started shedding. Right. It just so happened to me that's when you tested it. Because if I remember correctly, you said that she was not feeling one, even like tested the day before. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, she tested negative that Wednesday, the day before the 15th. <clears throat> and that's another big piece to remember, too. Just because you have a negative test, I mean, there's so many factors that go into that testing. It could be that maybe the test didn't really wasn't done as well as it should have been. Those tests, you know, there's a specific process and a procedure to do a COVID test. And you'll know when you've had a COVID test versus like a just a regular swab for the flu or something like that. Right. So she was likely sick several days before. So she had two or three days before she was probably sick. Um, she's probably going to shed for about five days, five to six days. So her shedding period was probably over by sometime that weekend, in all honesty. Now, her CDC guidelines... It should be 10 days from the date that she actually uh, tested positive or had symptoms. Right. So 10 days from there. Uh, because what it is is because we say five days on the shedding, it's not an absolute science. For some people, it may be seven. Some people, it may be three. Does that make sense? No, and I was going to say, <clears throat> we're probably at the point where we needed the booster. Does that make any difference? Like, is she more likely to shed longer because, you know, we're kind of at the end of the term of that six-month booster? Or the, the, so hang on. So she so she needs the she had she had both doses. Yeah, right. Of, uh, what was it? Pfizer, Pfizer, and Moderna. Uh, yeah, she's fine. ready for the booster. Right. So once she's once she's past ten days of her illness, she should get the booster. And hands down, she should get the booster now. And to be, I mean, now one of the good things is she's coming off of infection. Her antibody levels are high hmm. just because she got a natural infection. So that plus being fully vaccinated. And to be honest with you, the data that we're seeing on Omicron. The people that have the highest level of immunity are people that previously had COVID, were fully vaccinated with two doses of Pfizer or Moderna, mm. and had the booster. Those people are the most protected from anybody. Yeah, and I guarantee you right now there's going to be a booster shot uh, in the next couple of days for me, and uh, we're going to go and get Kai. We're going to get that taken care of. So <clears throat> be prepared. You're going to have to deal Good with deal. this a little bit more. Uh, real, <laughs> Let's go through a couple more things. Omicron, you know, all of a sudden, three weeks ago, it wasn't – uh, really a, a thing. We were kind of following it in the UK and all of a sudden it's probably going to be in the US. Boom. All of a sudden you told us it was going to explode. And and I tell my wife all the time, pretty much everything you see based on the data, everything you say ends up, I mean, we live it. And all of a sudden, boom, Omicron is this uh, this massive deal that's all over the country. It's spreading quickly. And even in Arkansas, we're seeing Omicron already. Absolutely. It's been a dramatic increase. And I think even for most researchers and scientists, they're just amazed at how quickly it's gone. Like we were like maybe 2.9% and then 13% within like a few days. Now we're at between 70 to 80% of the cases across the country are Omicron cases. Mm. 
Now, the the deal is, though, we're still seeing a mix. There's still Delta variant out there. Right. Um, now, you saw the big jump, like you said, Craighead County, number one in the state for number of new COVID cases. We had 116 yesterday. Mm. The state is seeing an increase. We were at over 900 cases yesterday. We'll continue to see an upswing here, I think, through Christmas um, and into the new year. And then hopefully we'll see a drop, you know, into the February, uh, March period. But I bet we're going to continue to see a climb here in the remainder of this month and into January. We can expect cases to go up. And unfortunately, hospitalizations are also following, and that's never a good sign. So the severity of Omicron, there's obviously been a couple of stories <clears throat> on people with underlying conditions who who um, who didn't do well with Omicron. Are we still thinking it's not as severe as the early part of Delta, or is that uh, proving to not be true? The most recent article that I read uh, just this morning about that says that right now they think, and they're looking again, UK data, um, Omicron seems to be about the same as Delta from what they're saying. We're watching, obviously, hospitalizations and deaths. They've had a few deaths over in the UK. We've had some deaths from Omicron here in the U.S. The deaths that we did have here in the U.S. were unvaccinated individuals, and it was somebody in their 50s and 60s that also had an underlying medical condition. Now, remember, underlying medical condition could be, I take medicine for high blood pressure, I'm overweight. I mean, any of those things qualify you as an increased risk. Um, It's still kind of too soon to tell. One of the things we can watch for, though, is the hospitalization rate going up. Um, And we're seeing that. Again, I think that's probably a combination of Delta and Omicron right now. So it'll take another week or two to really see. But, But again, it's going up not only in Arkansas, but across the country. So last winter, uh, December, January was probably the worst time of the entire pandemic. Then we saw the spike come back uh, this past summer. Do you think based on what you're seeing right now, we're going to get back to those levels of number of cases, severity, hospitalizations? Are we about to get back to the area that we thought we were getting away from? You know, the the troubling thing is the spike that we saw, you know, we talk about here, like just take Cricket County, for example, you know, 116 cases, we weren't seeing. The last time we saw 116 cases was back during the Delta wave. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it spiked up immediately. Um, so it may, my hope is, is that we may see a spike up there, but hopefully it'll be short-lived. It'll be a fast up and down is what I'm hoping, because that's kind of what they saw um, in South Africa. Um, again, still following the UK data, they certainly have seen a huge spike. For the UK, it's the highest number of cases they've seen since the pandemic started, yeah. which included the original COVID and the Delta wave. I'm hopeful we won't see that. Um, I'm hopeful, like I said, it'll be a it'll be a quick up and down for us. But really, um, it's it's going to be pretty uh, pretty tenuous. I think the next uh, two to four weeks, uh, this is going to be a tough time. I think in terms of hospitalizations uh, and in terms of case numbers, uh, just just from everything that we're seeing right now. Do you think I should get the booster before Christmas or wait until just after? I'll get the booster as soon as you're available to do it. Because remember, what happens is it's not that okay, I got the booster now, I'm good today. That booster then kicks off the immune uh, process, and you've got about 10 to 14 days before you're fully fully immunized. And the data supports that. Mm-hmm. And we've got data that, that shows like X number of weeks after a booster, this, per, this person got infected or this person didn't get infected. And so we, we feel good about, okay, it's about 10 to 14 days after you get that shot that you're fully protected. Um, and so that's why we say, look, go ahead and get it, because we don't know where we're going to be 14 days from now. Uh, <clears throat> I might go today. I need to get that taken care of. And for Kai, I mean, because we had this discussion last night, again, unvaccinated and, you know, we don't want him to have any type of a reaction that would make him not feel great on Christmas morning. Do you think it's something that we should go ahead and do for him too? I really would. And and here's the deal. And and I'll just, again, I 
relay my own personal stories. My kids did great. And what I mean by that is they didn't have any symptoms at all. Maybe a little bit of a tired, you know, I just kind of feel tired and went to bed early, you know, the day of. Like that was it. There was no, there was, I mean, not even really much soreness of the arms. And I've got, you know, 11, 13, 19, 22, and all of my kids are fully vaccinated. In terms of the side effects, it was minimal. And the kids just do really well with vaccines. I mean, think about all the vaccines we give kids, even starting at six months of age. And so they just do, their immune systems are kind of, you know, set up to do well with vaccines. All right. There you go. Um, Make me an appointment. I'm going in for my booster. All right. Oh, gosh. He's all gonna, right. We'll he's, do it. He's glad he's at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. No, legit. We say all the time, you know, like you have guided me through so much of this COVID thing with Leslie's grandparents, with now her having it. And um, I appreciate it a lot, man. We've had we've been able to no. develop a pretty cool little friendship. And at some point, we're going to go out as a family and have dinner. All right. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll all in our vaccinated state go out and have, have dinner. Hey, <laughs> hey, just send him, just send him a bill. I'll make sure he pays it. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll just text it to him. Right. Now, there's a lot of questions. I mean, I get it. You're, I mean, you're just like everybody else out there. There's, you know, how do you know what to believe? How do you know, yep. you know, what not to believe? It gets confusing. And I'm going to tell you the crazy thing. And last thing we saw this directly with Leslie's grandparents last year. And then we still let our guard down individually. And we talked to Shane every week. I get that people want it to be over. I get that you let your guard down, but now is not the time to to just say, "Hey, I'm just going to pretend like it doesn't exist," because it does exist, and we need to make sure we're doing all the precautionary measures we can. So, yeah, anyway, right. uh, which beach are you at? Can I come visit? Can you tell me? Um, it's it's called it's called Dolphin Island, um, and it's down off of the uh, Alabama coast. And, and actually, this is where we were heading back this morning, so we're heading back today. Oh, of course you are. Of ran, course ran, you ran are. Down here for, uh, yeah, well, you know, just the island just of to be we're leaving today. The island of everyone, leave me alone. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> there's nobody here. Like, there's literally nobody here. So right. Perfect <laughs> time to vacation for a, for a physician. Absolutely. All right, man. We'll see you. Have a great week. Okay. All right, y'all. Take care. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. Dr. Shane Spites, the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State <laughs> University, who wanted to um, <clears throat> smack me around a little bit this morning. So that's fine. He wanted to go uh, let the sharks eat him today. He, yes. He thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> just so you know, we're pretty sure he thinks I'm an idiot. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning. Wow, try that again. We're joined this morning by Adam Sarton, who is representing, of course, Ground Crew, which he represents all year, and Christmas at the park. Adam, good morning, man. How are you doing? Hey, good morning. How are y'all? We're good. I don't think I I know you have a a busy daytime job and now you've decided to add a busy nighttime job, too. How are you holding up? You know, uh, it's always exciting this time of the year, but I can tell you the steam starts to run out. Yes. (laughs) So are you making your father-in-law do any of the work? You you know, uh, Randy, no, no, he is so precious. (laughs) He ain't gonna help do nothing, is he? Well, he's busy selling cars, you know. I, I think you buy a couple from him, don't you? <laughs> he buys millions yeah, from him. Every couple of years, I decide I need to go and get some new vehicles, so uh, he always helps me out. Um, no, man, we're proud of you for what you've done for, um, you know, I would say the city of Jonesboro, which, yes, that's part of it, but also Northeast Arkansas because, you know, so many of us have those fond memories as kids of going out and, 
and looking at Christmas lights. And I'll be real honest, there just aren't as many on houses these uh, these days as there were when I was a kid, at least the way I remember it. Um, but these big displays, man, there, there's no sense in having to go neighborhood to neighborhood when you can go to one gigantic display that can entertain everybody. Well, and you know, when you go neighborhood to neighborhood, uh, they don't. You can't get hot chocolate, or yeah. you, you can't do a, a, a light chasing uh, in an inflatable. Uh, you can't get engaged at the big Christmas tree. So, yeah. no, I mean it's lots of fun to run around, and I still think people should do that. Um, but we love being able to offer this, and uh, you know it hasn't really uh, grown into anything. But we've started the conversation with the Batesville and the Blyville and Mountain Home and Pocahontas. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm going to leave somebody out, but. We're looking at really trying to do a, uh, you know, Arkansas is a trail of lights, but we want to do that right here in our region. Yep. Um, I, you know, you were talking about bringing people in for the region. Uh, the Delta Center helped us do a little, little uh, I guess, uh, statistics or whatever, and they estimate that our attraction alone brought in 26,000 people, you know, into, into Jonesboro to come see our lights. Wow. Wow. Um, last year alone. And so, I mean, you know, if we can, if we can bring people in from, you know, all over this region, right here in the Northeast Arkansas, you know, that's, that's going to be a wonderful thing. So we're, we're really excited about that and hope we can expand on that for, you know, next year and years to come. Well, I remember, you know, uh, a number of years ago when I would have to leave town to go to a display like this, you know, or, or leave the region. Some people even have to leave the state to go and see something like that. So the idea that we have Christmas at the park at uh, Joe Matt Campbell Park, which is a beautiful park in Jonesboro, it's easy to get to because it's right there off of Interstate 555 and as we look at the date man there's still uh there's still a few days for people to go out there and enjoy all the lights there is so there's tonight and tomorrow night um those will be our last two nights so if you have not told santa claus what you want for christmas you, you need to make that happen yeah um and then after that we'll, we'll open back up for two nights the 31st and the first so it'd be a nice break for us to kind of kind of rest and then last year, so in 2019, we did it. We had a big fireworks show. It was, it was phenomenal. And so we've got the same crew coming out. Uh, it'll be a, a very you know, similar show where we're going to add a couple bigger booms in it this year. Um, but we're looking forward to that. In 2019, the show, I, I don't know if you, you, you all do, y'all do the show. It's like burning money. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yes. You know, <laughs> it's. It, we got it. Uh, we got it at a, a really good price. Yeah. Uh, but in general, it's about a thousand dollars a minute. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, high. It's high. Gosh, that stresses me. It, it is crazy. And, and so, anyways, you know, in 2019, we, we tried to recuperate some of that to charge a little extra. This year, we're not doing that. So oh, you wow. pay 15 bucks, you get to enjoy all the lights coming through. You can park, hang out. And the fireworks show is included. And so at 930, and we want to offer people a very uh, family-friendly, fun event uh, to ring in the new year. And then, you know, hopefully be in bed by like 1030, 11. Wouldn't that be great? I love it, man. Hey, so that's happening on uh, December 31st. If people want more information on the entire display and all the stuff, because again, uh, it's grown so much over the last uh, couple of years with all the different things you've added to it. Where's the best spot to get information on Christmas at the park? I would go to Christmas at the Park, NEA.com. Okay. It, it's pretty well laid out. Uh, homepage, you know, learn about the attraction, but then schedule. It's got it all right there. Um, it, we've tried to make it very simple. 
And then, of course, we try to post every day with about what's going on that day on our Facebook page. Awesome. Uh, and, excuse me, and, and Instagram. I'm not an Instagrammer, but but they got the Facebook. Yep, gotcha. So Christmas at the park, NEA.com to find out more. And, hey, I might have to have you come look at my yard at some point because we had a go-kart that kind of rutted it up, and it, it needs some help, okay? <laughs> that sounds good. We'll take care of it for you, Brandon. I'm telling you, it, it ain't looking real good. I'm afraid my neighbors are going to start complaining if we don't get it fixed. <laughs> but, but anyway, Adam Sarton joins us this morning. Good luck uh, with tonight and tomorrow, and, and then back there on December 31st and the first man. Christmas at the park, NEA.com. Have a great day, man, and tell your family we said hi, okay? Hey, Merry Christmas. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. Joined this morning by Dr. Dana Watson from Families, Inc. She's been all over the media over the last uh, couple of days. I think I even saw you on TV last night, like... You're trying to become a media superstar or something, or what? <laughs> I think I'm just the only one that'd be that's willing to do it. Everybody else is probably decorating or baking or doing the things they're good at, and that just leaves me to talk about mental health. Yeah, but let me tell you this. I remember, I don't know if it was maybe two years ago, you showed up for the first time for your radio interview, uh, and it might have been your first radio interview ever, because Don Lear basically had to hold your hand. And now here you are, you're doing all this different stuff. Killing it. Yeah. Well, she, um, she held my hand last week when we, when we went to the football stadium. <laughs> so, <did. laughs> um, I love her and I would like to have her with me all the time. There you go. She's your personal agent, your bodyguard, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. She's my personal therapist. She's excellent. So the thing we've learned about you and I think uh, therapists in general is, uh, hey, you have a real life and you're normal and we all have things that happen and here we are at the holiday season and we have families and. We have, you know, not everybody always gets along. This whole dynamic of everybody coming together in this perfect little household like we would see on TV, that's probably not happening everywhere, right? Isn't that the truth? It is definitely not happening everywhere. You know, I mean, so many reasons that the holidays can be happy holidays. They can also be very stressful holidays. You know, when we think about the presents that have to be bought and wrapped Mm -hmm. and the money that we're spending and and the decorating and then making sure that all the food is ready on time and everybody's nutritional needs are met. You know, so although it can be really a happy time and a wonderful time to spend with family, it can be stressful. Um, And those two things can coexist. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly, certainly um, you can, you can have um, stress at the same time that you're enjoying yourself. Um, and just like in relationships, you can have family and love and also have challenges. Yeah, I think that's normal. That's what we like talking to you about is, hey, we all have stuff. Everybody has their own stuff, different levels of stuff. But when I reflect back on like you, you mentioned the presence and the gifts and the stress and the money, I look back on like when I was a kid, I have no idea how my mom did it. Mm-hmm. Like when I because now I know how tough it can be to provide for one kid. My mom had me and my brother and my sister. Like the stress that she must have been under when we were kids just to provide a decent Christmas. Um, I mean, it must have been this ridiculous stress. And it's even worse now because of social media, because we see all, oh, look at the pretty tree and look at all the presents and look what their kids got. And I think we kind of judge ourselves based on what we see, too. When we were growing up, it was just what does Walmart have? Yes. Or I was, I'm from Blyville, so it was what does Jonesboro have, the mall. Right. You know what I mean? And that was your, those, those were the presents that you could get. If mm-hmm. they had it, that's what you could get. Right. And there was no ordering online or shipping out of country or, you know, this design 
stuff that we're doing now. So I, I can only imagine. I know what my mother meant when she used to say, could you just give me a minute to catch my breath? Like, yeah, right. wanting and wanting and wanting. And I'm like, what do you mean? But now when my children are doing the same thing to me, I can definitely relate. Just let me catch my breath and let me balance my checkbook because oh, that yeah. needs to be done too. So do you think social media, the, you know, a lot of us will judge what we see on social media and then uh, judge that against our own lives? Because, you know, you see the people who, oh, Santa was at their house today. Mm-hmm. Oh, they gave their kid, you know, they found the PlayStation 5. Uh, and, you know, we talk a lot about how we can be body envious of people who post these, you know, like who have incredible bodies. But I think just the same with Christmas envious and just envious in general. Yes, of course, it affects me. It affects everybody that I know after, you know, um, after you scroll for so long and you see all the things that you didn't think about doing or that you didn't do as well as another parent did or a trip you didn't take. I can definitely say that that impacts us. I mean, there's a reason that after spending a lot of time in social media, people always always consistently report that their levels of uh, mood drops and their anxiety increases. So, I mean, we have to be so aware that what we see on social media is not always representative of the entire picture. You know, a lot of my friends post the outtake pictures, and I love that when they post the ones where people are crying or frowning or the children are misbehaving. I always love that because that looks a lot like my real life. Right. (laughs) Let's get back to family on the holidays because, again, you know, we, we bring all these people together, and in some cases, it's blended families and merged families and stuff like that. I would look at our family, my personal family, and I'll speak from experience. I believe we put the fun in dysfunctional, um, and I'll, I'll put as much blame on me as anybody else, but it's wild that we just expect it all to come together. Is there Are there tricks? Are there things that we can do to make this experience easier um, to go into this holiday season and be happy with the family? Yeah, sure. And the first thing I would say is, honestly, when we talk about, you know, um, challenging, that's different from really toxic or unhealthy. So hopefully, if anybody is listening, and they, they have a situation that would really be unhealthy or toxic, you know, hopefully they have that, that's a different thing. Hopefully they have worked that out um, either with a, a therapist or for themselves and put boundaries around, you know, maybe declining that invitation or or keeping that very time limited. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about just the challenges of um, families coming together who often don't come together but once or maybe twice a year, um, people just have different views, right, on religion and on politics. And, and that can be really difficult to navigate. So I think the first thing we can do is plan ahead. We can just, we can think about um, times that we have gotten together in the past. Who were the people that were more um, challenging for us to be around? What were some of the topics that we know that may come up? And then we can plan on everything from um, exit strategies. You know, um, we may decide that if, if something comes up that we cannot handle or we don't want to engage in, that we're able to cut it short. You know, you might go in and know that you're going to have a very short time. You know, I'm going to spend two hours here with my family. I'm going to enjoy the parts of this that I can enjoy. And I'm going to leave so that before, you know, someone has too much wine or things get out of hand, I'll be gone. You know, or you may be prepared with um, boundary statements like, I'm not going to have that discussion or I don't discuss politics or I don't discuss religion. You know, and so just planning ahead for where the pitfalls may be and then having some kind of solution for them will really be helpful. Well, I think that's important to think about. And I think also, you know, you go through, you know, we all have, uh, sometimes we get hurt feelings from different things and, um, you know, you're supposed to all pretend like everything is good on the holidays. 
Uh, is it better to just go in and say, hey, we're going to pretend like everything's good? Or is that be- the wrong thing to do psychologically to pretend like things are good? Or should we address things? Or I don't know. I just look at I look at different situations I've been in uh, throughout my life. And I'm like, this can be very, very stressful when you're getting all these different bodies together. It sure can. And I don't know that there's a one size fits all because our families are so different. But I do think in most cases, <clears throat> excuse me, in most cases, um, going in with a good attitude um, is certainly helpful, right. and going in with um, realistic expectations, you know, just knowing that there may be people that you cannot spend as much time with in that group and gravitating to other people, like I said, knowing how to have the boundaries for them, um, and then and then understanding that family is all those things, all the really good things, and then there are some that are challenging. It's funny to me that when when people come in and I see them and they talk about their toxic family members, who certainly may be, I always wonder what the version of uh, them that their family members would have. Like <laughs> right. others, are they toxic? Yeah, no. And that's the deal because the truth typically, and, and maybe you can tell me different, doesn't the, the truth somewhere lie in, lie in between the two sides? Yeah, and it, typically it does. I mean, I think that there are some there are some situations where there's not a lot of wiggle room on the truth, right? Or yeah. it's it's pretty cut and dried. But yes, I think overall, most of us have family members who are uh, a different part on the spectrum of of religion or politics or just day to day how to raise children, and there may not be necessarily a right or wrong in some of those cases, but but just somewhere in the middle and more importantly, just belief systems for different people who have different world experiences. Again, Dr. Dana Watson joins us this morning from families Inc. One more thing, you know, there's this song <clears throat> that talks about this being the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, and that it is for a lot of people, you know, like for, for me, this is a great holiday to, to spend with Kai and stuff like that. But for some people, this is the toughest holiday of the year because it makes them think about family members that are no longer uh, with us. You have those memories, how do you process that uh, as we head into this weekend where there's going to be a lot of happiness, but maybe some sadness too? Well, I had several friends last week lose parents. And so I realize uh, more than ever that this is um, an acutely difficult time for many people and some because of losses and grief from, from in the past and some very recent. I think it's incumbent on us, if this is not your year, um, to be in the midst of heavy grief, um, or even if it is your year to be in the midst of heavy grief, I think that one of the best things that we can do for ourselves and for other people is reach out to the people that we know are hurting and ask them how they are doing, spend time with them, but even just a call, you know, just a nice phone call. If you can take them to lunch, that might be even better, but spend time and talk about them and their grief and their feelings and let them vent that and let them feel heard and supported. I think truly that can be um, one of the most uplifting and selfless things that we can do. Well, I think a lot of times I saw something about this uh, the other day, and I can't remember where I saw it, but uh, as people, we think, oh, I don't want to bring that up because it's an uncomfortable topic for that person. Um, But you're saying much the opposite, to be there to allow them to have somebody to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. If you've experienced a loss, and I mean, I know that we all have, that, that loss is on your mind all the time. The person that you're missing, the job that you lost, the home that was taken, but you it's not something that you'll be reminded of as if you had forgotten it. Right. Um, and if you have had a break just for a few moments, not to think about it, 
it does feel good when another person recognizes your loss and asks you about it and and just puts discomfort aside and just human to human tries to connect and see how they can listen and support you. There you go. Great advice and a great person to talk to. It's elementary with her. My dear Watson. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's going to be your new gimmick, okay? Dana, my dear Watson. Wow. I love it. I love it. Hey, listen, the holidays will be the holidays. But after the holidays, if I would really encourage anyone who, um, if something occurs during the time that they want to work out or process, um, some of these difficulties can also be growing experiences for us. You know, if we get into a conflict, we can get um, with a professional. We can walk through some of those issues, better prepare ourselves for this time next year. Um, so I would encourage anybody that comes off the heels of a holiday and is hurting in some way mm-hmm. um, to team up with a professional. You know, give us a call and um, let's walk through it and see if we can get it resolved and get them back to a better place. I think the one thing that I think is, is so neat about what we hear from, uh, from you and your team is that you realize that everybody could use a little help. Everybody could use somebody to talk to. And it just because you're a therapist doesn't mean you have a life without problems because boom, you need people to talk to just like we do. So uh, you can find out more about Families Inc. in the area that they serve, which is basically everybody who can hear us this morning. Familiesinc.net has all of the information and they're going to be there to help you and walk you through the things in your life that you might need help with all the mental health things that we deal with, which have become so topical at this point. Uh, and we just appreciate the fact that you take time out of your schedule to talk to us. So we appreciate that. I appreciate you guys. Merry Christmas. You too. Merry Christmas. It's elementary with my dear Dana Watson. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. Joined this morning by the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Dr. Kevin Reed. Getting set for Christmas. What's up at Vet Care next door, man? Oh man, we are bringing the borders in. They started coming in. Actually, it's the first of the week, and uh, they're still kind of coming in. So I would assume that uh, Christmas, people traveling, and and maybe even people who just don't need the dogs bothering family at their own homes, uh, if they want to get in, is there still room for people to get in and board with you guys? We have some room for smaller dogs. We're very limited on larger dogs, but if somebody is considering that, they need to probably call today and see what kind of arrangements we can make. If you had a preference, and I know it might be hard for you to say this, uh, are you a fan of big puppies or the little puppies? You know, it's hard to say. I like them all. I mean, you know, this, I've got two small dogs, as you know, and yeah. uh, uh, but, you know, we believe it or not, we actually probably see more larger dogs than we do the smaller ones yeah. as far but, as boarding. Isn't uh, isn't one of your dogs named one of the small dogs, uh, Baby Poopy? Baby Doo-Doo. <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. If, if, if you ever have another one, have you picked out another name? Is there one on standby? Pee-pee. <laughs> no, I don't have one on standby. <laughs> Pee-pee Poo-Poo. <laughs> uh so tell me anything anything new in your world as we're kind of getting ready for this holiday season anything we should be thinking about with our pets yeah you know there is but you know it always i always remember this story it brings brings a tear to my eye every time i you know i remember it and i think i've told this before but you know several years ago there's this uh tragic accident that happened on christmas eve actually and um it was three businessmen that were 
coming returning to their hotel from a uh, business conference late one evening, and they ended up in an automobile wreck, and it was uh, all three of them were killed. And as they arrived in heaven on Christmas Eve, they were met at the gate by St. Peter, and he said, you know, in the light of the season, before you, before I let you into heaven, I need you to show me something or tell me something that reminds me of the Christmas season. Well, the first businessman thinks, and he pulls out his uh, car keys. He was the one driving, and he jingles them. And St. Peter says, how's that remind me of Christmas? He said, well, this would be the, the jingle bells of the season. Oh. And St. Peter said, oh, okay, you can come in then. And the second businessman reaches in his pocket, and he pulls out a cigarette lighter, and he flicks it a couple times. And he said, how does that remind me of Christmas? He said, well, this represents the candle, the flame of Christmas that burns throughout the season. And St. Right. Peter says, very good, you can enter. Oh. Well, the third businessman reaches inside his suit coat pocket, and he pulls out a pair of red lacy panties. Oh, gosh. And... St. Peter says, how does that remind me of Christmas? And the businessman says, they're carols. (laughs) (laughs) Carol? (laughs) It's so bad. Oh. Oh, Mm. As David the Barrel Boy would say, it's so bad, it's good. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, Kevin. Always a jokester. And that's the thing about going to vet care is that's the kind of stuff you get. You never know what type of entertainment he provides as just an add-on service, right? You never charge for jokes. No extra charge. No charge at all. All right. So uh, with the holidays and Christmas and people and food, is there anything that we need to really focus on with our pets? Well, this is the kind of the holiday speech 2.0 because we just discussed this about a month ago at uh, Thanksgiving. And, you know, same same principles apply. You know, we've already seen I've seen uh, social media posts. People are already having their Christmas uh, Christmas meals with family. And, you know, they may have several of them during this time of the week. And, uh, you know, it's always important to remember you know, to not feed your pets off the table. Now, I'm not going to say a little bit of turkey or ham is going to hurt them, but, you know, they don't need to have a full meal like the rest of the family members. Uh, Keep them on their regular diet. We don't want to cause any GI upsets or possible pancreatitis if they get into a lot of fatty scraps that they may get into in in the garbage can. And it is a time of, you know, commotion and sometimes stress. And especially for our pets, uh, we need to make sure that they're, you know, uh, considered as far as keeping them calm. If it's uh, going to be a big gathering, you know, maybe put them back in a, in a secluded room until everybody gets there and the door is not constantly opening and closing because we do see a lot of pets that get out during the holidays because of that. Um, the... Uh, with the decorations out, fortunately, knock on wood, I haven't seen any intestinal foreign bodies from the trees or ornaments or anything like that. But that's always a concern because these things are new and, you know, pets are by nature curious and they may think it's a chew toy or something. The cat may think the tinsel or icicles or something they can play with and then they end up ingesting them and that can cause some issues. So it's just think of it as almost having a, you know, a toddler around and how you would kind of, you know, safely houseproof your environment against, uh, you know, childproof your your house against the the children. Do the same thing for your pets, and 
you know, also include them in the activities. You know, I'm sure I've got stockings for my pets and we've got them some treats to give them on Christmas Day. And, uh, you know, but use use uh, judgment, good judgment and, you know, give them things that, you know, they can uh, tolerate and that aren't going to cause any potential health issues. Have you seen the video that's out this morning? I put it up on Twitter, but you can find it on Facebook, too, um, of the dogs. They called it Santa Paws Day, where the shelter dogs had the chance to go in and choose their toys. Have you seen that video yet? I haven't seen that, but I want to watch it. I'll watch it as soon as this is over, as soon as the program's over. Yeah. No, I bet it's awesome. No. So the deal is they've lined up 40, 50, 60 toys, and a shelter dog gets to go in one at a time and look through all the toys and pick out which one it wants. Kevin, you want to talk about something that's a feel good? You should put it on your Facebook page today too. Uh, it's up. We'll t- do that. It's we'll dogs. That. Dogs trust Ireland. I'll text it to you here in a second too. But y'all, I appreciate that. He, he is the man you need. Me. He is Doctor Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend, and he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the Morning Radio program. Doctor Kevin Reed from Vet Care. You can find out more about Vet Care at vet-care.com. Or on Facebook, it's Vet Care Jonesboro. And don't forget, if you want to board dogs, if you need to board your dogs this weekend, Vet Care has a few spots left. And Kevin, man, we appreciate your friendship. We appreciate what you do for us all year. And we hope you and your entire family have a Merry Christmas. You too. And uh, tell you and all your uh, crew at the radio station, Merry Christmas. And we'll look forward to talking to you almost next year. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Joe Zidlow from the American Red Cross. Joe, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Happy holidays. Happy holidays, man. We're kind of getting ready for the holidays. I feel like, and I don't know what your uh, work situation is like right now, but I feel like a lot of people aren't working this week. <laughs> well, we uh, we're definitely working. We uh, we certainly are 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 doing that. And yeah, I think some people probably taking some time off. I'm actually hopefully have some time off next week. I uh, in addition to my Red Cross duties, I also coach a, a fifth grade girls basketball team that my daughter plays on. Uh-huh. So I'm I'll be doing that. We have a holiday tournament, and hopefully everybody stays healthy. And we're looking forward to that. But yeah, I think it's a kind of ease into the holidays. Hopefully, people are are enjoying that. I know that we've been. We've always been pretty, uh, been pretty busy the last couple of weeks. So Let's talk about uh, the tornadoes that went through. You know, Obviously, northeast Arkansas, unfortunately, over the last couple of years, has been affected. Uh, the city of Jonesboro majorly impacted by the tornado uh, a couple of years ago. And then we saw what happened um, just a little more than a week ago, and tragedy strikes in, um, in Leachville, in uh, Monette, in Truman, and we're going, oh my gosh, what's happened? And it's right before the holidays where all of a sudden people have to kind of start trying to pick up their lives and change things uh, right at the holiday season, which has to be a tough time. How is the American Red Cross helping? Well, you know, it really is a tough time, Brandon. There's no doubt about it. It's never a good time when this right. happens, right? I mean, it's, it's never it's never any ideal time for a tornado or severe weather to impact things. During the holidays, it makes it that much more difficult. The weather gets colder. You're trying to get things together for your family and get, you know, get together for the holidays. Maybe things you weren't doing last year because of, you know, this twilight zone that we've been in, so to speak, the last 22 months with the pandemic and everything. So it, it's, it's been, you know, it's been real difficult. I think what we've done, Red Cross has done what we always would do in a, in a situation like this when there's a disaster. We're present. 
we're prepared. We're making sure that we're trying to help make people's lives a little bit better, trying to help them put the pieces back together figuratively and literally in this case, and, uh, you know, getting our folks uh, on the ground, helping out our volunteers and our staff and and mostly volunteers. I mean, the Red Cross is 90% of of our, of our folks uh, that, that work with us or that are part of the Red Cross are volunteers. So we wouldn't be there and wouldn't be an organization as well known uh, for over a a century without our volunteers. So what we've done is we've made sure that we've had people there on the ground to help. We've had a couple of, uh, you know, been out during different days assessing damage. That's what we'll do in a situation like this. That's what we have done. I was actually in Truman. I'm I'm in the St. Louis area and I actually oversee Missouri and Arkansas. And uh, those are my two states of coverage. I went to Truman uh, last Tuesday. I yeah. spent the whole day there. I went into the area in the afternoon with our folks distributing supplies, mainly with our volunteers. I, I helped a couple times in that. I was getting pictures, helping tell stories so that people across the country know what's happened, how impacted they were, the devastation, how we need their help, how they need our help. And we're just trying to do whatever we can to help. So that's either supplies, um, setting up what we call a MARC, which is a multi-agency resource center. We did one in, in Leachville on Monday. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday, we were in Truman. And what those multi-agency, regency, uh, what those multi-agency resource centers are, or MARCs, as we call them, mm-hmm. are, are, are times where we have several organizations, not only the Red Cross, but all local organizations that get together at a church or community center and people that, you know, inside the town, near the town, people who have been affected by the tornadoes can come there, get supplies, get, um, you know, gas cards, you know, different types of monetary types of things or help with getting themselves back on their feet. It's a one-stop shop, as we call it. So you go there, there's several organizations that can help you get back on our feet. So that's part of what it is, kind of a long answer for you, but that's what we do in a situation like that. But a lot of that preparation goes in advance. We want to make sure that when things do happen, we're ready to hit boots or feet on the ground immediately or as quickly as possible to help with local organizations and local authorities to get people back on their feet. So we went to the same towns you did on different days last week. We had the chance to go to Monette, Leachville, and Truman. And, um, you know, we heard so much from the community, like we took food and stuff like that. And we heard the appreciation there. And we heard from the people who were coming in there to, to get different products. At the same point, I think there's the concern sometimes that, you know, people, they, they really go out of their way to help immediately. And then life gets busy and, and people forget that there's still going to be needs after the initial couple of days. And that's where the American Red Cross is going to come in. That's how you guys are there to serve these communities and be able to do that and afford to send people out and have the boots on the streets. Um, is there still a way that people can continue to maybe uh, donate some money this holiday season? Maybe a great way that they can show their kids, hey, what we're going to do this holiday season is also gift uh, the American Red Cross. Can they still do that, Joe? They, they sure can, Brandon. That's a great point, too, because I, I think you talk about it, the immediacy of when, when a storm hits, when something happens, everybody is, it's all hands on deck. What can I do to help? You know, uh, what have I done to help, if you will? You know, what, what, can, what can happen? But you forget about that after a few weeks. And really, in a situation like this, it's going to take, you know, weeks, months, maybe, before people get back on their feet. And that's the truth. And I mean, right. I'm sure you saw that. People, yeah. you know, fixing their roofs, boarding up their houses, trying to do, you know, trying to avoid rain. I mean, the day I was there Tuesday, it rained. You know I mean? We we had rain. People are worried about, gosh, you know, I don't have windows here. What am I going to do? So yes, people can still uh, continue to uh, donate financially if they want to do that. Uh, That's one way of doing it. Redcross.org is one way to do that. 1-800-RED-CROSS, or you can text 
the word Red Cross to 90999 and make an instant $10 donation. Those are three great ways to do that um, <clears throat> to help when, when disasters strike. And, you know, obviously we had several, uh, you know, in, in, in the immediate area, as you mentioned, those particular areas, uh, Monette, Truman, Leachville, the, the, the effect that, that happened there. We've got folks in Kentucky, obviously, yeah. you've seen the devastation that happened there. Mm-hmm. We've had stuff in Missouri. I mean, I, I've seen you know, pictures of, of things in you know, defiance where, where people have lost their homes. In one particular case, for guys, I want to just share this with you, uh, Brandon, and, and, and just to tell you that you know, there was a house that was almost completely devastated. The one thing that was left standing in that house was a Christmas tree, if you can believe that. Oh, I mean, nice. it's just an amazing image to see that. And just seeing the folks in this neighborhood and just how grateful they are for our help. And, you know, that's, that's what we want to do. We want to do whatever we can to help them. But, again, we don't want them to be forgotten because, again, yeah. it's just not a, hey, once one, one or two weeks pass, everything's going to be fine. It's yeah. not going to be that way. It's going to take several weeks and, and months in, in, that, uh, in those capacities to help these people get back on their feet. So they can continue to do that. Donating blood is also another good way to do it. Redcrossblood.org. You can find a blood drive nearest you. Search by zip code. We've got some opportunities coming up in, in the Jonesboro area as well, too, for folks to do that. We've got some coming next week. We've got a big drive, obviously, coming up that we do uh, January 12th to the 14th over at St. Bernard's Auditorium as well. So the need is there uh, for blood, obviously, with the American Red Cross. We've gone through the pandemic, and you know, there's, there's stuff ha- that happens with the pandemic. People hospitalized. We're worried about hospitalization numbers as the pandemic continues. And then you have accidents and, you know, the idea is, is that we want to make sure there is always a blood supply there because you never know. Nobody ever wakes up in the morning and says, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to need blood later on today or my kids are going to need blood or my spouse or my grandparents. Uh, but it happens. And when it happens, you want to know that there's blood available. Yeah, that's very true. I think a lot of times when people don't donate blood regularly, it's it's for you kind of alluded to that, you know, in, in this question, your statement is that you're not thinking necessarily about it. You don't wake right. up in the morning saying, well, I think I'm going to need, you know, five units of right. blood or six units of blood today because something right. may happen. Uh, but that's that's typically, you know, what I always tell people, I'm like, you know, hey, you donate. I donate regularly every two months when I'm eligible to do that. Um, you you want to make sure that that blood's available. So when a disaster like this happens, um, we like to keep a five-day supply nationally and regionally. The Red Cross does. But when a disaster like this happens, it's that blood on the shelves that you have the five-day supply that's available so that when drives do get canceled, you can pull the blood from your reserves. And that's what we're able to do. That's really through our bi-state region of Missouri and Arkansas. That's how we're able to supply blood. We're able to connect, uh, you know, collect enough where we can send it to certain areas that are affected. We take care of our region first, and if we have an extra surplus, if somebody like Kentucky, if a place like that needs it due to their devastation, we can send some extra reserves. Right now, we don't even have that. Right now, we have just about a day's, a little more than a day's supply, which is not really good because if when disasters do hit like this, uh, you know, you don't have as much. And when hospitals don't have the blood, that will delay procedures. Okay, what happens is what what happens if if you have a family member that uh, needs an open heart surgery or has a somebody has a massive heart attack? And I've heard these stories from people people who say, hey, I've never donated, but this happened to my relative, my father, my mother, and and now I donate pretty regularly because the blood helps save their lives. Yeah. You'd want that blood to be available for yourself or a loved one to help them. You wouldn't want that procedure delayed, and that's what happens when you don't have the blood products. You can't do the procedure. So we want to make sure that we continue to collect. People continue to step up, and people have, but the demand's gone up. More traumas, uh, more elective surgeries that were maybe paused last year that have happened here, and that's why the demand has gone up, and it's far outweighing what the supply is. 
And again, if people want to find out about the blood drives that are happening uh, in Jonesboro next week or to find the blood drive nearest them, the best spot to go is where? Yeah, it, redcrossblood.org. Uh, or, of course, you can, you, you can uh, search on the Red Cross Blood Donor app. Punch in your zip code. There's, there's, you're going to see a little box in the upper right-hand corner if you go to redcrossblood.org. If you pull up the Red Cross Blood Donor app, you can search by zip code or sponsor code. Just put in your zip code. That's what I always tell people. Yeah. Put in your zip code and find the, the location that's closest to you. We don't want you to have to drive 45 minutes somewhere when you can go 5 or 10 minutes away sure. and find a location. As I mentioned, we have some stuff coming up. Uh, Pearl Bell uh, Community Center is hosting one next week. Uh, we also have a, a big one, January 12th to the 14th, over at St. Bernard's Auditorium, Wednesday through Friday. Plenty of opportunities. You can walk in and do that. You know, I know last year we were asking everybody to make appointments. Mm-hmm. I know Jonesboro is very much a walk-in community. People like right. to walk in and be able to go in and donate. So you yeah. can do that, especially the 12th through the 14th of January. We'd like you to do it immediately if you can, but if you can't make it next week to some of those opportunities, in a couple weeks you have that opportunity to go and do that. And I hope people do that. And we want to do whatever we can to support and I can't thank you guys enough for helping us get the word out and, and all the support you provide locally for the community. And we'll be there as long as we have to to help uh, folks in Truman, Manette, Leachville, whatever. Um, we'll do whatever we can to help. And want to thank all of our volunteers as well for, for really putting in a lot of time and long nights here these last few weeks to help those people affected because we want to help them get back on their feet. There you go. Great job. Joe Zidlow from the American Red Cross joins us this morning. Happy holidays, man. And we'll talk to you uh, next year. Yeah, thanks so much, Brandon. Uh, to, to you and Kelly, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thanks for everything you guys do, and, and have a wonderful holiday. We'll talk again in the new year. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So if you go back and check out today's Brandon Baxter in the morning podcast, we have our chat with Dr. Shane Spites. He's the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State, and we talk about um, we talk about COVID. We talk about the Omicron variant. We talk about the things that we're dealing with. We uh, reveal the personal history with my family of uh, my wife having COVID over the last week and how that's altered everything that mm-hmm. we've had to do. Uh, we talked to Adam Sarton about Christmas at the park and a big fireworks show that's coming up on New Year's Eve. Dr. Dana Watson from Families Inc. was on with us, and we talk about the family dynamic during the holidays. And as I said, we put in my family, we put the fun in dysfunctional. <laughs> Uh, okay. Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care tells us his uh, annual holiday joke. <laughs> Make sure you listen to that. Uh, but it's funny. <laughs> and uh, Joe Zidlow from the from the American Red Cross was on with us as well. Uh, there's still need from the tornadoes. We talk about uh, National uh, Short Persons Day, which is an issue um, because my mother actually had me tested at one point to see if I was ever going to grow. Um, all of this on the podcast today. It is the Brandon Baxter in the Morning Podcast, which is available wherever you get podcasts. Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? I know you're going to be excited about this. Dr. Seuss's The Grinch is on tonight. Right after that, Michael Buble's Christmas in the City, The Masked Singer is on tonight, and a very brand new episode of The Real Housewives of Orange County. All right, hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the Morning.